to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. And now, a brand new song straight from London's legendary Murray's Club, The Toaster Beak Street. Plug that back in. You simply have to hear this song. You stole it, didn't you? Last time I let you out. Oh, that's because I'm bored out of my mind. Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And this is a story with a bit more pizzazz. We sprinkled magic all over it. We also talk about ABC's hit series, Once Upon a Time. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm doing jazz hands. You're doing jazz hands, uh, which we'll go ahead and show the Anne-Marie cam there. Yes, you definitely are doing jazz hands. If you don't know what I'm talking jazz about when I say Anne-Marie cam, I, it's basically, <laughs> and as is traditional, I forgot to turn off the theme music. Uh, no, but we stream uh, the show live every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. There's also live chat there. Uh, let's say hi to our chatters here. Hi, chatters. I see uh, Sage of Earth and Hope and Akon 1120 and Angel, Angel and, and Bobby's been in and out. Elizabeth's been in and out. Yeah, oh, yeah I think Elizabeth w- went to get some milk. I think she She'll be yeah. back soon, though. Everyone needs a good cup of milk. Definitely, definitely. But we, we love having you guys over in chat in there, so feel free to join us at live.universebox.com. Okay, well, we're here to talk about Once Upon a Time. Woo! There was a new episode last night, so, Emery, why don't you hit us up with our rhyming episode summary that let we... Let me, let me... Mm-mm. little tea? Ah, yeah, a little welcome. bit of tea. A little bit of tea. Okay. Cruella, it turns out, is worse than we thought. She got locked in the attic with a sad little cot. A reporter named Isaac is after her story. He knows that it's sordid, then finds out it's gory. He uses his pen to impress his new sweetie. He's handing out powers via graffiti. Henry gets kidnapped. Emma goes downhill. They're black and in hearts and sympathy for the Deville. Sympathy for the Deville. Sympathy for the Deville. Sympathy for the Deville. Her last name's Deville. That's almost like Devil. <gasps> That's weird. What? Maybe she's cruel too. What'd you think of the episode? Cruella Deville. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Whatever. Okay. What'd you think of the episode? Okay, I like the episode. Okay. I have two different feelings about the episode Mm -hmm. in Marie Cam. (laughs) The Cruella story, big puffy hearts. Mm -hmm. The overall one story, meh. Could have taken it or leaving it? Yeah. Yeah. This this felt like one of those standalone stories, and I can already sense the yelling in the chat room. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) This felt like a standalone story that, I mean, it had its, you know, interactions, as they all do. Mm-hmm. But eh, how about you? I, I I liked it, and I, pretty much the same split you had. I definitely felt that a lot of the more modern stuff. It, it felt like it was just like, okay, remember these plot lines? We're going to keep them in the air until the finale. We're so, keeping it going. We're keeping it going. Plus the cru- Cruella origin. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, it looks like everybody in the chat room is changing their nicknames to Deville. Oh, they figured it out. So I guess I earlier. should be Bill. Bill Deville. Bill Deville. There we go. I'm Bill Deville in the chat room now. I'm Bill now known as Bill Deville. Nice. Okay, so uh, let's see. I guess we'll go ahead and get started with our discussion. Okay, and as happens so often, we're going to start with the end. <laughs> the ending. <laughs> 
part here. And uh, that is when Emma crossed the line, the big line that she crosses at the end here. Now, I, I saw a lot, you know, she pushes Cruel off the cliff. That's a spoiler. Line. Spoiler. The, the line is a cliff that Emma pushes Cruella off of. And uh, so I saw a lot of people online kind of uh, being upset about this and saying that that she was defending her son there. Everything's cool there. That's there's not going to be any sort of dark heart sort of thing going on in everything. Now, in I mean, that's a that's kind of a, a valid point because, I mean, you know, she was trying to save Henry. Yeah. Cruella, for all she knew, she Cruella was in mama bear mode. Yeah. And I mean, for all she knew, mama. Cruella, she didn't know about Cruella's uh, weakness. Right. Uh, that she can't commit murder. That's um, fantastic. I know, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I for one, I don't think as Sheriff or <laughs> at least as far as we've seen on screen that Emma's actually ever killed anyone before. No. Yeah, so I th- think this is her first confirmed it's kill. It's her first kill. <laughs> nice. Um, no, not nice because she's going to turn dark and uh, she needs a But is she little really? Um, <laughs> she just has some red makeup under here. <laughs> But it's a funny glare. You know, so, okay, so she ha- she hasn't killed anyone before as far as we know. Uh, but oh, re- wait, didn't she kill Flying Monkey Engagement Guy? Oh, she did. She, But I think that was more of, of like a self-defense thing. Never, it's murder. But <laughs> regardless of whether she's killed someone before or not, I think this counts as, you know, something moving her into being the dark uh, savior or whatever. Uh, because she attacked somebody and killed somebody who was utterly defenseless. Oh, I don't Cru- think she'll kill anybody, but I, apparently I should read ahead. Well, oh, but uh, yeah, she 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 was utterly defenseless. Uh, a, a defenseless. Emma didn't know it, uh, but you know, she'll. She, I'm sure she'll probably find out next episode. In which case, uh, you know, the guilt over killing Cruella in that manner is probably going to help darken her heart, just like the guilt uh from snow tricking regina right. into killing cora darkened her heart right i not to mention uh the fact that you know the, the whole scenario uh killing someone who's uh defenseless sounds like something that would be like a rite of passage for like an evil person or a villain yeah. or a bad guy or but something but she like didn't that. know <clears throat> she, in, in her okay in mm-hmm. her world gun to henry's head yeah I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'd kill a nun if they have a gun to my kid's head. But I, I, I mean, in a world where uh, falling in love is the greatest power in the, it's like the nuclear power of their world kind yeah. of thing. Like it, it, it's, it feels like even killing someone who's who's defenseless, which I guess could even be almost. You could almost paint that as Corella being an innocent, even though we know she's not. She's not. But she has been since the author wrote his little beautiful diatribe. But, uh, you, you know, so I, I just uh, I, I feel like that is a valid line mm-hmm. to have crossed and everything. What do you think? I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'd have. Mm-hmm. Off you go. Adios, amigos. Oh, yeah. And uh, Patty, Patty in the chat room mentions that uh, Walsh, uh, the Wizard of Oz, yeah. fell off the roof. He just fell off the roof. Oh, good. She good. didn't push him. That wasn't, you know, that was, that's good. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Sorry. My nose doesn't run all day. We start recording. It starts to run. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, so Magic Ink. Magic Ink. Now, this is not Squid Ink, which has many magical powers. This is just mm-hmm. Magic Ink. How the heck do you get Magic Writing Ink? And why does Rumpel think that if he turns the Savior Dark, he'll get more? I, what about that? What, where's the connection? I actually have a theory on where they're going to get the, the ink. Well, I, as we all saw in the flashback, right there at the end, uh, the way Cruella got 
her dark hair and everything was getting magic ink spilled on her. Yes. Do you think maybe she has still has that in her body and that they could extract it? Like maybe maybe the author will have to write all of these happy endings in Cruella's blood. <gasps> which would be kind of cool, right? It'd be kind of cool, but it'd be awful because he loved her. Yeah. Kind of. Or he, he knew her for two hours. He, he was willing to love her. Right. For sure. He went out with her. He had fun. <laughs> he lived his life. Okay. Yeah, but that was kind of one of the theories I, I was kind of batting around with. Because that, that, it seems like it would make a bit of like poetic or dramatic sense. Oh, yeah. Very know? much so. I, I am curious, though, what the ink actually did to her other than changing her hair and mm-hmm. makeup. I guess Because, like, it was such a thing. Who knows what would happen if the ink spills? We mm-hmm. can't let the ink spill. <laughs> Die job. Die job of makeup. It's like she just walked out of the salon. Man, I, could, salon. I could use an ink spill myself. I could actually. use a major ink spill. These grays are scary. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Pongo, mm-hmm. what can you do about that? Well, but then the, the magic ink is just going to give you more gray. So probably out of luck. No, was mm-hmm. it? I wonder if it's related, if the magic ink is related to squid ink at all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, they, that would definitely be another possibility. You kind of have to get it from a dead squid. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense if you have to get it from a dead Cruella. So maybe we might get a, another Ariel uh, but coming how back are, soon. No, no. Because she could get the squid ink. Yeah. Uncle could blackmail her or something. Yeah, but how is she going to get out of Cruella's dead body? That's mm-hmm. in Storybrooke. Well, I mean, if it was squid ink, oh. she could go and rob a squid or something. If it was squid ink, Hold he'd have had it two seasons squid. ago. <laughs> yeah, I get well, I, Or last did, season. Did he have the quill two seasons ago? We have no idea how the quill got to him. Yeah, we he, don't know these things. Well, we know. Mm-hmm. He might have grabbed it from the shop when he went to see Belle. Was it there? I can't remember. I can't. It's, this is the type of, of thing I feel like he would hang on to, especially if he had any inkling that he was going over that line. Inkling. Dun dun. <sighs> <laughs> wasn't intentional. Um, yeah, no, because last we saw, Cruella had it. Mm-hmm. Do you think Cruella gave it to him? That could, that could, well, no, because he got it back in, in the flashback. He got it back off Cruella. Oh. Cruella DeVille. And then, wait, hold on, and then the apprentice had it when he put the dude into the book. Oh, yeah, when he put the author into the book. So he so. took it from the apprentice. Problem solved. Problem solved. Solve that one there. <laughs> oh, and Hope says in the chat room, Ariel is going to milk a squid. Gross. Very. Okay, so, uh, you know, we're talking about the author here. Uh, there, there was a couple little blips and blobbles of information uh, mm-hmm. let out through the author when he confessed to Cruella who he was and what his deal was all about. So, uh, first of all, he talks about, the, uh, you know, that all these realms that we've been traveling to all this time and everything, they're, they're like technical name or realms of storytelling, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. So, I, I guess all of these realms that we've been seeing, you know, from Mist Haven to Frankenstein World to Jazz World that we get this episode, they all exist out of time there is so, no time yeah obviously you know there's a linear progression you know time time passes in these worlds but they're kind of locked uh to the style uh of the story that they they were initially uh written right. into more or less so like you know cruella here in 1920s world it's all it's always just been flapper's paradise uh to her and, and she's Which actually never... yeah you can kind of see that because her little mm. girl dress was sort of like yeah. alice uh, Which but... is, no uh, actually the actress who played young Cruella in this episode was the a- actress who played young Alice in okay, Once I Upon a Time in Wonderland. Crazy. Which, uh, that's another world. Uh, Alice's London is which another is world. London. Yeah, which is another realm of storytelling oh. like this one where time's kind of frozen a little bit. So, which is, or, ty- or society's kind of frozen. Interesting. But it, yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. And uh, Her so, hair looked really fake too as a little girl. I, I'm still a little unclear on whether the authors, because, uh, you know, there's been multiples, mm-hmm. uh, whether the authors create the story 
storytelling realms by telling a story within them, or they just document them. Basically, are they uh, J.K. Rowling, or are they uh, simply uh, putting things down? World hopping reporters putting things down for like a travel guide. I, uh, you know, they, there's definitely uh, evidence. I mean, just in uh, j- in general, since we were introduced to the concept, as well as specifically in this episode, that they can change the worlds with a thought. You know, so mm-hmm. they definitely have some sort of controlling power over them. So I kind of wonder who created all these realms of storytelling uh maybe maybe the sorcerer sorcerer created all these worlds and then kind of hired the authors to either either just keep them in check or uh well, they, make them more interesting but no they weren't supposed to be doing that they oh, were yeah. supposed to be documenting they were everything. supposed to be documenting <laughs> making things more interesting is wrong <laughs> it is bad is an abuse of power well like i i kind of read it as may, maybe they could be making things more interesting but there's like a there's a line there's interesting and then there's what this author isaac is doing no you know it, w- w- but because you know they're realms of storytelling so you want to make the story interesting you want it to be a good story but what isaac's doing is he he's taking it in the, instead of making them uh like a good story like a classic i don't know snow white movie mm-hmm. by disney where it's a good story everything ties up in the end the good guys win the bad guys he's making it more interesting like more realistic isaac is mm-hmm. you know he's making it to where you know the villains have shades of gray the heroes have shades of gray you know the <laughs> the good guys do bad things the bad guys do good things all that kind of stuff because he finds that more interesting and more realistic interesting but yeah that's what i was thinking and i i put down here about extracting yeah. the ink from cruella though but we already touched on that You're... a little bit did, did you have any more thoughts anything um, here in the chat room i don't know i'm i'm staying out of the chat room <laughs> Uh, Angel says, this is getting multiverse confusing. Yes. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, my dogs are barking D.E. or DeVille uh, saying, uh, what does where does Storybrooke fit in? Is it a realm? Because uh, time freezes in Storybrooke, too. So it seems like it would have some of the properties of these realms of storytelling. Interesting. And also, I, I well, Regina created it. So is Regina mm-hmm. an author? And if so, she's just well, mm-hmm. she's screwing herself. Well, she didn't really create it. Yes, she did. She uh, the curse. The curse on her created it. She chose everybody. But she didn't create the curse. You no. know, she kind of j- tailored it, I guess you could say. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because yeah, Storybrooke definitely has a lot of those same properties as these realms of storytelling, and it all it's also mentioned several times in the book. Yeah. So I mean, it, like I mean, we still don't know exactly where the curse came from. We know it came from the creature from Fantasia. Right. Uh, which, which we saw a couple weeks ago, uh, the big demon guy. Uh, in it definitely feels like uh, him and the sorcerer could be connected somehow. I'm so sure. I mean, maybe maybe everything just comes from the sorcerer. Maybe Blue's actually the sorcerer. No, I don't think I don't think that. But we're not that lucky. <laughs> we're not that lucky. Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna say this is my entire point is my favorite line from the entire thing, and I'm pretty sure it was many people's favorite line from the entire thing. Forgive me if I don't take advice from a woman who held a grudge half of her life because a ten year old spilled a secret. Mike. Yes, yes. They, they, that was a great line, definitely. I, I have a couple more things to say about that okay. a little bit later on. Share with the, oh. Yeah, well, it's it down a little oh, bit later, okay. but we'll get there. We'll get you there. You had big points. <laughs> but uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, I was going to look me. for some stuff in the chat room here. Uh, oh, yeah. Hope asked how many authors are there. I, I, we I, don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of curious as if they're 
can be more than one author at a time. Because Rumpel says, says in this episode mm-hmm. that, you know, if we killed you, someone would come to replace you who might not be willing to help me. So does that mean that there can only be one author at a time? I would assume so. Otherwise, they're going to step on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but how does the new author get chosen? Like, if he gets killed, who becomes the new author? Is it the yeah. per- is it like the dark one where it's the person who killed you? That I mean, it I want sense. I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, but I mean, if you kill this author, the sorcerers who knows where, and the apprentices in the hat. So who would who would hire the new guy? You know exactly. And why haven't they hired him yet? And uh, yeah, Ho- hope in the chat room says, uh, yeah, this is some fable stuff, Bill. I think I've mentioned before the series uh, part of the great fables crossover, the literals, covers a lot of the same kind of stuff as the author and everything. So definitely check that out. Okay, we're going to get back into our main discussion here in a second. But uh, first, we just wanted to tell you a couple things. First off, if uh, you weren't aware, uh, I'm going to, uh, in a couple weeks here, May 8th through 10th in Anaheim, California, I'm going to uh, the Regal Con Convention, which is a once upon a time fan convention. There's going to be a lot of people there. There's going to be, let's say, an evil queen's going to be there, a bell, a Robin Hood fate. Uh, Robin Hood, um, <laughs> Grumpy, a bunch of dwarfs, like a, a smattering of dwarfs, a, a granny, and a, a lot of... smattering <laughs> of dwarfs. But they're going to be doing a lot of stuff. They're going to be doing signings, meet and greets, big uh, Q&A panels, and we're actually... or uh, I'm actually... Uh, bah, bah, bah. We're, we're going to find a way to bring Anne-Marie along with me somehow, digitally. You uh, have to take a flat Anne-Marie mm-hmm. around. We'll set it up. I'm but we're going to do a greetings panel. And we're actually uh, uh, we, this isn't ninety or a hundred percent set in stone yet, but it's like ninety nine point five percent set in stone. We're actually uh, we're going to be doing the panel uh, Sunday at three forty five p.m. PST, which this will be live streamed on the internet too. We're going to try and find a way to open up the chat room for you guys uh, mm-hmm. during the show and maybe try and read some of your stuff uh, from the panel. Uh, yeah. But uh, former guests uh, who've been on the podcast before, Meredith Placco and Becca Canote, are going to uh, help co-host it with me. Meredith uh, works for AfterBuzz TV, and uh, she does the uh, Marvel movie news show with uh, Schmoes Network, I think it is. And Becca was a former uh, LGBT uh, vlogger over at uh, Geek and Sundry, Felicia Day's YouTube channel. So they, they, they're... They're awesome people. I'm happy to let them take mm-hmm. over for me. We'll have a Captain Swan, a Swan Queen, and I don't know what Meredith is, but she's dressing as Snow White, like Warrior Bandit Snow. Bandit Snow. Bandit Snow. Which so is even better. Be it makes me, like, bow at her feet. But, <laughs> but isn't she, like, a cosplayer? She is. She's a... Uh, it's, she, like, her thing. It used to be her, like, second Maybe. profession. Yeah. A little less so now. Maybe. But, it, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're going to RegalCon, please, please, please let me know. Just uh, throw me a tweet at Bill Meeks or shoot us an email at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. Just because I want to know and I want if there's enough of us around, I definitely want to try and uh, get a greetings meetup together. And I know uh, Elizabeth, our contest mm-hmm. winner, who won a free admission, is going to be there. So, you know, just get a hold of me and we'll try and figure something out. If nothing else, I'll follow you so we can keep track of each other. He will stalk you. I will. <laughs> From panel to panel. <laughs> oh, and just a note, uh, that week, that's going to be the week of the double the double the two length, hour finale. Uh, season finale. And since we're going to be watching that at RegalCon on Sunday night before I fly home, uh, they, they, we're going to go ahead. And plus, because it's a double episode, you're gonna it's a season finale, so you guys are going to want to get a ton of feedback in. We're going to go ahead and do it on Tuesday night that week mm-hmm. instead of Monday night like we normally do. And if you've listened to Legends of Gotham, we're going to be bumping that down one night as because well. Because it's also their finale. Yeah. So it's going to be a busy week, but it should be a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, definitely okay uh let's see here i we we did uh when we ran the regal con contest actually we got a a really cool entry from a, a girl named alina uh that was basically like a, a 
really cool Once Upon a Time poem. So we're going to play it right now, and uh, then we'll come back and uh, one more little thing, and then we'll get back into the main discussion. Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, there was a queen who scared people to death. She was evil, they thought, but listen and take a deep breath. What you don't know is that when she was younger, she was a very kind girl, but when her mom killed her love, everything began to whirl. She found out that he died because of a friend of hers, so she started revenge and her heart got darker. She tortured the people and learned to use magic, and I know that it's tragic, but she killed her father to cast a spell on the happy people to send them to their personal living hell. But she's changing again, understanding that revenge won't heal her pain. Evil isn't born, it's made, and so is good. That's what she once said. Finally finding her soulmate, realizing that for a happy ending, it's never too late. Once upon a time, there was a young boy with the heart of the truest believer. He brought his mom back to his life, wanting her to believe in herself. But how could she? All her past life seemed to be built upon lies. She never had a family or a home, Henry being the only reason why she had not already gone. Over time, her walls built of pain and loneliness broke, and she began to love again. With love came belief, and with that belief, she broke the curse, discovering she's the savior. Without her, everything would have been much worse. Henry, the young boy with the heart of the truest believer, is the person who gave her a home, the person who gave her a family and stopped her feeling alone, never failing to put a smile on her face. Emma once said, believing something does not make it true. Henry taught her the opposite. That's exactly what makes it true. Once upon a time, there was a man who tricked many people. He's still looking for his happy ending. In his darkest days, a maid turned his night to day and taught him to love again. He became a better person, but he didn't change. He's addicted to deals and never seems satisfied. Instead of being self-occupied, he should have kept his girl tight. Now he's losing her and she does not want him back. He should have followed the good could have been a family thing. His father turned selfish and left him. He suffered a broken heart because he really tried to trust him hard when his wife left and he was ashamed for his son. He chose the dark side, pursuing a life in complete shun. Once upon a time there was a curse which struck many people in our world. They were not like us. They lived in another world. A world without internet and clothing shops, but they had each other to fill their lives with hope and love. They had candles instead of light bulbs. Farms and castles instead of skyscrapers and carriages instead of cars, kings and queens instead of presidents and princesses and princes instead of stars, and they were happy. Their society was parted in two kinds of people, heroes and villains, but the belief itself can change one from good to evil, everyone with their own special story that needs to be told, everyone with so much experience, even if they aren't as old. Some of them used magic, dark and light, but be careful, whatever you choose, all magic comes with a price. Once upon a time there was a show on TV, it was called once upon a time and it was about love and hope, finding yourself and choosing the right instead of the easiest way. Once upon a time there was an audience that loved that show. They found exactly what they were supposed to find. Some found hope, some found a soulmate, some found inspiration and some found their fate. Everyone who belongs to this audience is a part of a great contraption. It doesn't matter if they are young or old. They all have a story that needs to be told. This show taught me so many things. And for now, even if my mobile rings are think it's destiny and i know magic is out there i may not know where but maybe tomorrow my happy ending will be knocking on my door and i'll be ready thank you very much thank elena you. great poem for sure uh, me. mickey I mouse hat. hat that's fine 
Okay, okay. Uh, we're going to get back into the discussion here in just one minute. We just wanted to mention real quick, if you guys didn't know, we have a Patreon. Amory, you want to tell us a little bit about sure. that? We currently have a Patreon where you can make fantastic monthly donations anywhere from mm. 10 cents to, well, whatever you want to give us. Um, yeah, and it's patreon.com slash universe box. Yep, we currently have 23 patrons for $150 a month, so thank you, thank you, mm. thank you, thank <laughs> you, you guys. We are going to be coming up with our next um, patrons hangout, excuse me, in the very near future yeah i need to um, make the april one public too exact, we had a lot of fun may or Mar- march march march, march yeah, the it. other one <laughs> um your donations so far have helped us get rid of ads other than internal and throw a party for you every month as previously mentioned um some of our next milestones are going to include some bi-weekly movie commentaries so it'll be just like our uh, episode commentaries but you know movies mm-hmm. so if movies movies if you'd like to support us please consider going to patreon.com slash universe box and hooking us up with some cash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow and then you just bring it home there hey we need money folks we need money no but we yeah. definitely definitely appreciate everyone who's donated <laughs> yeah, so far if, if, if you want to help uh, donate and help us kind of expand uh, the <laughs> yes, kind of content we put out there uh, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash universe box and uh, I don't know send Anne Marie like a buck because I guess she needs it probably I need, I need Starbucks money guys. you know who doesn't need a buck <laughs> do 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 no Cruella's mom actually is who do, I was thinking do, do, do. of because they, they seem pretty well off in 1920s jazz land I'm gonna call it jazz land is that cool <laughs> And all that jazz. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, but uh, Cruella's mom, I, I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, now, first of all, um, we saw uh, Cinderella over the weekend. Kind of. And the the beginning part of uh, the, this episode, the origin story, was exactly like the beginning part of the Cinderella movie, the yeah. live action one. And, and uh, it, it was so I was just like, oh, they're doing this. Oh, I guess tie into the movie, whatever. Yeah, and then they just completely twist it up, and they're like, no, no, it's not a a Cinderella story with a Black Widow twist. It's a reverse Cinderella with a Black Widow twist. It's like insane. I I I, I just absolutely killer kid twist. Killer kid twist. I guess. Uh, psycho kid. Psycho kid. Psycho killer. Guess que say. Uh, but I, I I thought it was interesting that the Dalmatians kept her from killing her mom for years. Yes. Uh, so that probably uh, that actually makes the movie version of Cruella make a lot more sense because why does she care so much about these dogs? Why does she want to kill these dogs so much? I mean, I know she likes That's her coat. fur coats and everything, but at the same time, you'd think, I don't know, she could pay to have some dogs bred and use those instead or whatever and, and so, so it, it helped motivate the classic cruella Deville 101 dalmatian stories for me anyway right but because every time she looked at those dogs she saw her mother still alive darn it yeah how did she control the dogs like her mom i know that she was like a dog trainer and well, yeah i think stuff. i think it was just they were well trained i have a very hard time mm-hmm. believing that they were just very well trained did, did you notice that they cgi'd like mean eyes and mean mouths yeah. oh, on yeah. the dalmatians because oh, i guess dalmatians don't get angry <laughs> very often or something but yeah it was like really kind of it was very obvious chintzy it was kind of like the, the fake the fake teeth mm-hmm. that like in cartoons yeah. and movies that animals get and they're like yeah. hope says where was archie uh good point i and she also says i hope he's okay and it makes me want to go hey archie are you okay but are you're not but you're okay Pongo's okay. over by the alley sorry, sorry. with the map me. from ren mcnally okay <laughs> no Stop. but uh, yeah so I, I thought that was kind of interesting like maybe that uh that kind of helped motivate uh her hate of dalmatians for me yeah that makes sense and, and I, I i thought it was interesting that the the thing that allowed her to eventually kill her mother was her mother's guilt uh, it, it was kind of tragic that uh, 
Cruella's mom felt she had to hide Cruella's sins because they reflected. She felt they reflected poorly on her well, as they a mother. Did. Which is in this has come her up. Her daughter murdered her three husbands. A little bit. Eh. I guess. Yeah. I'm sorry. There, there's a fuzzy area. Maybe there? they deserved it. No, I'm kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> All three of them. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. But uh, like uh, we we have discussed this over on Legends of Gotham before. But this is a pretty uh, common. Uh, attitude among the the hyper super duper rich which as is you know in any problems we have within our family stay within our family we present a united front we're happy we're rich we're the devils in this situation we're the devils there's nothing wrong here our daughter's not poisoning all the husbands in this house or anything like that so it kind of kind of that same kind of uh mindset that uh, we've observed over on gotham actually with the waynes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh now Maybe maybe I, I could just be uh, speculating here. I'm, I'm not involved in the situation. But maybe your first mistake was naming your daughter Cruella. Cruella DeVille. Especially when the last name was DeVille. I mean, that's just asking for trouble, for she sure. She could have been Christina, Cassidy, mm-hmm. but Cassandra. Did, did you see that twist coming with uh, with the mother? No. Yeah, like no, not at all. I mm-hmm. totally believe that the mom killed him because in the beginning, well, they played the mom really mean when mm-hmm. she was locking her up. Oh yeah, and it was very I mean, much played it up. kind of shot from the perspective of Cruella for all those right. early scenes. Right. So yeah, no, I definitely was kind of <gasps> had a little. Oh, let's see yeah. here. Um, I just saw that thing move like a bazillion times. Anybody good? No. 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 no they're, they're great. They're in the they're middle great. of a discussion, though, aren't they? <laughs> it's cool. Okay, so Cruella, she's up there in there, meant to be cut off from everything. Why does she? Have have all these like you know roaring 20s clothes and fashion mm-hmm. magazines and things like that like that felt a little weird well I, I kind of got the impression that maybe her mom lets her out every once in a while you know just like to stretch her legs or something because that's I, i'm guessing that's what when she stole the radio well yeah um so maybe she just keeps squirreling these items away you know yeah but her mom goes in there like she knows that mm-hmm. she's got them like and the only thing she was upset by was the radio yeah. And I think because her mom probably mm. viewed it as communication with the outside world. Like, she mm. only lets her in the house. She doesn't let her out of the house. Yeah. It, it seemed kind of weird to me, too, that oh, you have a psychotic killer daughter. The best thing to do is to just lock, lock her in a her room up. by herself until she straightens up. I, I mean, obviously, this is a 1920s era wherever <laughs> and everything. But it, at the same time, it's like, I mean, you... You live in a world that still uses electroshock therapy. You couldn't even do that, maybe? Exactly. Like, use Send one of those horrible, torturous uh, <laughs> treatments. Nice. Um, also, how did her mother not notice her sneaking a radio under her dress? <laughs> it's not a little radio. It, it wasn't a little dress, though, either. There was plenty of room to fit a radio no. under there. I, I've seen some people, like, I, I've seen videos online of people, like, walking in, in like, a, in, in a dress, in into, like, a department store, put, holding a TV between their knees and waddling out of the store so i mean a radio isn't outside of the realm of possibility that's hilarious oh and uh hope says uh yeah the mom said let the last time i let or that's the last time time i let you out so i guess when the radio was stolen was the last time she was allowed out interesting okay so uh emma's dark turn i uh, you know throughout the course of the episode uh she gets darker and darker and meaner and more emo and more i don't need you mom and dad i can i i can find henry by myself leave me alone mom and dad but uh, yeah uh, 
first of all, um, the the one line that just kind of like wowed me and like knocked me over a little bit was, "I need to be around people I trust right now, and that's not you." Oof. She she just wants to hurt the Charmings at that point. She's yeah. just trying to hurt them, uh, like they hurt her. I'd assume uh, something tells me. Uh, something tells me, you know, uh, if Corella had been there or not, Emma was probably going for a dark turn just because of that revelation. And you yeah. know, it, it's been kind of kicked in the air for a couple of weeks, but she's still really mad about about uh, right. the whole uh, Lily thing. I, now, I, I loved Regina, like you said, uh, telling mm-hmm. Emma to calm down, and then Emma turning it back around on her and saying. Uh, uh, in giving Regina crap because uh, the evil queen is the one telling her not to hold a grudge. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, she caused the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I also uh, like that, uh, you know, if you need a gun, go see Emma go Swan. S- go see Emma Swan. She's got you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I was say, uh, okay, so the Charmings and Emma, like their whole relationship, I miss when Emma was friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. I miss happy Charmings. I miss Emma and Mary Margaret going out for girls night type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, like first season kind of. Yes. Issues. I'm kind of completely over her 14 year old t- girl tantrum. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. Like, like I get... any, anytime there's any sort of drama in her life, she just blocks she everybody ex- out. Yes. But I mean, sure. That's all she's had to deal with everything her whole life. But mm-hmm. you know, it's time to move on, sweetheart. <laughs> just saying. Um, I, I, Bell. 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 Yes. No. Go ahead. I, I I was just gonna say. Well, go go ahead. And no, talk no, for, go no, ahead. no, no, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, please, please, Bill. I was just gonna say. Do you think that Regina actually had her heart, or or that was just one from the vaults? I think it's from the vault. From the Disney vault, <laughs> a spare heart is released. I think it was a spare for a heart. short time only, just to trick Rumple. Mm-hmm. You, you think it was a spare heart? Mm-hmm. So do you do you think uh, there Scripted. was any honesty? In, in that little exchange they had before she was like, Will's a better kisser. <laughs> I think there was some honesty to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think starting with the Will's a better kisser was hilarious. Um, yeah, that was kind of mean. I, I felt bad for Rumps. I, no, why are we feeling bad for Rumps? No. He has just like a little tiny, teeny little ember of a heart left, like in a, in a block of coal. You can feel a little bad for him. I mean, he brought it all on, on himself. Seriously. But He's in cahoots with the mm-hmm. person who killed his son. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. I have no sympathy for mm-hmm. that DeVille. Well, I mean, they, bad bad people die all the time. That doesn't mean they don't have people that care about them or that they didn't have good things about them, too. Yeah, 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 whatever. Okay. I really don't think that it was Belle's heart. There's no mm-hmm. way. I don't think Belle... Belle is not stupid enough, no matter how many naps she takes, mm-hmm. to let somebody control her. Yeah. See, I, I was I was getting so excited, though, because it was like, okay, well, we're, get, we're getting our, our several stories here. We're, we have, uh, you know, Cruella and the author and all that going on. Then we're going to have the Cruella origin and then we're gonna have regina going to new york city with a gun yes! and shooting people no. and shooting zelina no nope not at all we don't get to see that sidetracked nope. in last week we ended on a cliffhanger where rumple had regina trapped in her vault uh you know you gotta help me or right. else and then he just lets her go and just, so she can wander yes! back over to the Charmings. what was that that was a little weird it's dumb Little, little weird. See, little weird. Rumps, rumps is smart. Okay, go ahead and uh, check uh, through the chat room here. Oh, real quick. oh okay. <laughs> just this once, just once. But I, <laughs> something I really, really enjoyed this was Corella's power slash weakness, which I, I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen done before. Which she was a serial killer who is not allowed to kill. I, first of all, this is it's no wonder that she hasn't let any of the other characters know this because that's a horrible situation to be in for a villain. You 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 have no bite. Your your threats have no bite because everyone knows when a push comes to shove, you might be able to knock me out, but that's about it. Mm. Like you're not going to be able to kill me. And it also uh it struck me cuz we've noticed her the entire season, you know, waving the gun around and using guns 
all over the place and everything, and she's mm-hmm. never shot one. So I, we now she we know tried to, yeah, but it wouldn't shoot. Yeah, but we we know why now. Why mm-hmm. she's been using guns so much, and also I I kind of feel like her using the guns so much is kind of overcompensating because she knows she can't really shoot anybody. Why? Okay, so she used Pongo mm-hmm. to get Henry and all that. When she learned that, I mean, she knows that she can't kill anybody. Yeah, there is nothing written literally that she can't. You know. Have a dog, ferret, cat, goldfish, whatever, maim and injure somebody. Well, wouldn't that be a bit... Well, for one, that's exactly what she did with her mom. And and two, wouldn't that be... Yeah, but that, that was would to be the like, point of death. Mm-hmm. And that was before she had but I, I, the restriction. I, I think it would probably follow the same rules as the gun because that, that dog or that ferret or whatever would be a tool that she would use to yes, kill somebody just I'm, like the gun. But I'm not saying to the mm. point of murder. Oh, okay. I'm You're just, just saying, saying just to rough off them up a, a little bit. Or yeah. Something. yeah, I guess she could do that. Probably. I mean, I feel like it would have been a bit stronger mm. to have the dog attack Henry mm. in some way, shape, or form. Not that I want to see Pongo attacking Henry. Well, I, I, Don't she, get it twisted. She needed Henry. Henry for leverage so right. she could get them to kill the author for her. So I, I she, am aware. She probably, she probably wanted to keep him relatively safe until that got accomplished. You know? Right. But don't you, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Pongo shouldn't have been out on the ledge with everyone <laughs> because she knows she can't do anything with the dog or with the gun. And she set herself up with her back to the valley. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I will say uh, Bobby weighed in. He says he doesn't think uh, Belle could have acted like that without Regina having her heart. He doesn't think Belle's a very good actress, I guess. Oh, Bobby. Although, do do you think, you know, if Regina wandered into your shop after having been held hostage by Regina for years and years and years, even with all the redemption stuff that's gone on, Mm. do you think you're just going to give her your heart? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could trust her. Nope. Not giving it. For sure. I mean, granted, she could just take it, but... Mm-hmm. but oh, it, and she... No, never mind. Acting, acting. Everything. One other thing with Cruella, though, is that uh, pe- people we have and other people have been saying all season that Cruella seems useless. She just stands around and makes one-liners, and that's about it. So now at least about we have Jim. an in-universe reason for why. It's all Isaac's fault. It's all Isaac's fault. It's all Isaac's fault. Uh, A.K.A. Couldn't we call him Adam Adam Eddie? <laughs> Since uh, he's re- he's representative of the show, the show showrunners. Um, I don't. Never mind. I have no idea where I'm going with that. And by that, I mean the thing in my head that I haven't said. Oh, okay. Let's just let it go. Let, let it, it go. go. Um. Okay. Sort of back to the charming's thing. Snow's just. Oh, we didn't like Frozen Fever. By the way, go ahead. Oh, those awful felt like a cheap t- or a cheap cash in it seriously was i'm curious what their paychecks looked like for that piece of <laughs> um so snow's justification or snowing charming's justification that everything they did was to ensure that emma is good and they're like yes it was worth it it was worth it um I'm, I'm like no it was not worth it you did all sorts of bad things <laughs> and your daughter is mad at you and you keep getting upset that she's mad at mm-hmm. you suck it up and deal <laughs> this whole season's only taken about three days like mm-hmm. it hasn't gone that quick yeah one thing i kind of noticed in emma too and uh in contrast to how she has behaved and how Snow tries to behave like that, mm-hmm. it is just uh, when when her, she's walking through the woods with uh, Regina and Hook, and, and uh, she's basically like, "At least you guys are honest about things. Like you guys are bad, but you you, you are upfront it. about it, right?" And that is definitely something we wouldn't have heard like seasons one through three Emma say at all. No, like you know, there's a right and the wrong, and like she she's you, you can tell that she's ready to jump over or at least stand on 
on that line between good and evil because it, when someone starts yes. justifying evil to themselves like that, well, at least you're being honest. They, there's not too much further to fall before well, they're you're... They're not hiding it. Like, they've never hidden it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, I like it. Definitely. Good times. Hey, uh, something we haven't done for a while I thought we, thought we would do real quick. You want to read some random stuff from our notebook? Oh, okay. Okay, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh... uh the author can be seduced. He's corruptible. But why did he go rogue? Just in service of a good story? Question mark? I'm a terrible person and I left her to die. A mother's guilt is overpowering. Um, worry I threw out a chipped cup too soon. Gold using magic, magic seashells to split them up equals funny. Um, <laughs> Pongo fetches Henry. Blonde Cruella is super creepy. <laughs> Oh, and the dragon lay egg kept them l- yeah. young. Convenient. Did they actually plan that or did they realize it after the fact that they had a plot hole there so they just covered it up with a dragon egg? I think they covered it up with a uh, That one I'm going to give it a, uh, a thing. Um, take my car. It's yours now. What? <laughs> You've known her for three hours, tops. Well, he probably just wrote the car into the story, right? So Probably, but mm-hmm. still just gave her a car. All right. Oh, and the Angry Birds thing. I saw a discussion earlier about that. That was hilarious. Was she cheating using her power? No. Could she control? the digital birds I'll show you these birds angry hilarious so i guess it's time to go ahead and uh do our arbitrary scale decide how we feel about the episode uh so emery out of 101 (laughs) skinned dalmatians how many dalmatians skin dalmatians sorry skin dalmatians do you give this episode 73 why because like i said you know i really liked corella's story i thought it was a beautiful standalone story Mm -hmm. (sighs) It didn't really feel, I mean, it was necessary, but it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Mm. It felt out of place. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say here is it just felt very out of place. Fair enough. There you go. Fair enough. As for me, I think I'm going to give it uh, 84 uh, skin Dalmatians out of 101 skinned Dalmatians. Uh, just because I really liked it. I like it. Like you said, the, the modern day stuff was a little bit weak, but yeah. the Cruella story was so good that it made up for a lot. And it's also probably the darkest episode of once they've done since in a while. Yeah. I don't know. Probably like Neverland arc or maybe even like the Jefferson's first appearance where he like has Emma and Mary Margaret <gasps> in the house and everything. Such a yeah. Good episode. That was a good episode. I, I doubt anyone else in our chat room. <laughs> likes that. Yeah. And let's see here. Uh, as far as ratings from the chat room, uh, Angel gives it an 87. Stephanie gives it a 75. Amy P. gives it 98 skin Dalmatians. Uh, Bobby's a 95. And uh, Sage of Earth is 84 because of the Corella story. Hope is 91 Dalmatian gloves. Sorry, Hope. That's not the right scale. Apparently, I'm alone in my principles. Well, Stephanie's close to me. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, yeah. actually, Stephanie's the only other one who got into and the I'm, 70s. Though. I'm never the lowest rating. <laughs> That's what's hilarious. Nice. I'm never the lowest. You just really didn't like that modern day stuff. No, I just felt so out of place. Okay, well, if you guys don't know, uh, we, we do another podcast. It's a podcast about everything, stories set to a theme called Universe Box. And uh, we're going to play you just a little uh, sample of some of the pre-produced content we do over there at universebox.com, and then we'll be Right back with news, letters, all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. Enjoy. Let me tell you a little story about CZT, a game that meant a lot to me. The unique thing about it, we can agree, is the power unleashed when you hit the E. An editor. Have fun. I can make my own games. Shame I'm so bad at giving things names. The creations I made gave my creative side flame. In a small web community, I even had my old fame. We use the ASCII character set to represent the player, enemies, and pets. Mathematical symbols became epic threats. 
well as epic as DOS was likely to get, I was a boy stuck alone with America Online, making bad games and avoiding sunshine. The friends that I made became my hotline. We even talked about our real lives sometimes. ZZT showed me what the internet could be, a portal to out there, and a fertile community. little bit jazzy there a little little yeah yeah and if, you, if that sounds interesting to you that's from the second episode retro tech of universe box which you can find at universebox.com and now on to the news news first up the ratings uh now once upon a time i got 5.1 million viewers and a 1.65 share in adults 18 to 49 uh building on its lead-in from 8 p.m uh at 8 p.m., rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, ABC's Once Upon a Time ranked number one against its regular competition in its slot for the seventh consecutive original telecast. It's amazing how specific that is. It ranked number mm-hmm. one against its regular competition. So if there was anything different on, it probably won. It's seventh <laughs> consecutive original telecast. Nice. Okay, and by, by the way, you can find the links to all of these stories in the show notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com for this episode. What is it? 121. Episode 121. That's whew, getting up there, right? I feel okay. old. So now I like guess that, like that, I feel that old yes, right there. Just like the apprentice. The apprentice. Okay, so I guess we'll go ahead here and watch the uh, the, the yes the uh, promo for uh, next week's episode. Lily. Lily. Now of the girls, their fates. Here's the apprentice, Mickey Mouse. They are intertwined. We get the voice of the sorcerer. So sorcerer and apprentice are different people. Beyond our understanding. Officially. Fate brought them together once. A lot of Lily and Yana Yun- hanging out. Now they're reunited. And now where are they, though? Your parents. I'm assuming out of sto- Storybrooke. They have to be out of Storybrooke. Yeah. Also, the Red Jacket's once back. Upon a time, next the Red Jacket's back. Central on ABC. Back again. Jacket's Red back. Red leather jacket. Tell, Tell a, a friend. friend. No, but uh, yeah, Love it looks really interesting. And yeah, I'm assuming that Emma's going to be leaving Storybrooke since we know they can get back in with the scroll and everything. So, uh, yeah. So somebody just has to stay. That- Unless does Cruella still have that? I don't even know. I'm sure they got it back. Oh, yeah. And we're not going to officially report on it because I know Josh Dallas on a morning yeah. news show this week said that uh, they're going to start shooting season five in uh, July, I think. But then I think I saw mm. – um, oh, what's his face? Adam say um, that it's not – officially renewed yet so they can't yeah they can't officially announce anything so so we'll we'll hold off until we get the official yeah. announcement on we the won't renewal, celebrate but, another season yet but okay so uh, that does it for the news here uh now i uh, as always when you get done watching lily next week what i need you to do is i need you to break into a house play a playstation one game for a couple hours throw the tv on the ground shatter it Run to their computer, hack into it, email us, greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com, tweet us at GFStoryBrook. Uh, the Facebook is facebook.com slash greetingsfromstorybrook. Are you done hacking yet? No, not yet. Okay. Enter. And the voicemail number, as always, is uh, 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. I'm so easily entertained. I'm sorry. And we're going to try something a little different this week. We're going to go voicemail, letter, voicemail, letter, and we'll see how that goes. But first up, as always, except for last week, is Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory. It's Bobby. Hey, This Bobby. was the episode I've been waiting for. I mean, we all knew. Uh, we all know Maleficent and Ursula's story, and they did change it up a bit. But, like, 
Cruella, they totally changed up. They made her store. They made her uh, magic. They put her in the enchanted forest. So I was really anxious to see just exactly uh, how she came to those two things. I think what I like most about her backstory so far is that she's just evil. There's no uh, <laughs> driving force. There's no, no, no revenge. Gray. There's no oh someone hurt me she's just evil she was a little girl she killed her fathers she killed her stepfathers there's a reason she was locked away in an attic she's just evil <laughs> maybe the truest <laughs> evil we've seen yet on this show that being said we're still not sure exactly uh how she got to the enchanted forest and met up with all of the other characters there and whatnot i'm sure she made her way there to try to take revenge on the author for taking away the one thing she truly loves killing people i mean she <laughs> mauled her or had her mother mauled by her own dogs and then skinned those dogs to wear them as a coat she's friggin evil another question we had answered is oh by the way hope mentions in the chat room we still don't know how she left 1920s land yet jazz land yeah is uh can there be more than one author at a time the answer no uh i guess that makes sense for this show i was kind of <laughs> hoping that wouldn't be the case but it is what it is and another answer we got is she is from the great gatsby so i was right and of course, one of my favorite uh, scenes of the episode was Belle getting to twist the knife in Rumpel's heart, even if it wasn't Belle doing it. I mean, obviously, I don't think Regina's going to do anything to Belle. I almost wonder if Belle, if Regina still even has Belle's heart, or if that was just a play for Rumpel. But it was really cool uh, when I heard Belle say, for once in my life, all I could think of was that song. Uh, for once in my life, I have someone who needs me. <laughs> I was a little let down by the whole ink thing. I mean, they foreshadowed like, oh, you'll never know what's going to happen when, when this ink spills. Uh, apparently, it just gives you a pretty decent dye job. And then as far as where the story's going, I just don't buy the whole Emma turning dark thing. Sorry for such a long email uh, this week, but once again, I thought this was a pretty decent episode, one that I've been looking forward to. So I'll give it uh, 23 of 27 drops of spilled ink. Thank you very much, Bobby. Oh, you know, by the way, uh, they're say they're over in the chat room, they're talking about like what other fictional worlds would be cool uh, to include our uh, storytelling realms. Uh, I said Tom Sawyer. Uh, Bobby... Uh, Bobby DeVille said HP Lovecraft. And uh, let's see here. I, and I, I also said a Beowulf Hope said Greek heroes. I would love to see some Greek heroes. Okay, we got, we got a Facebook comment from uh, Michael Lucero here. And Michael says, I didn't care uh, for the most recent episode as much. Wait, oh, 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 pause. This was before last night's episode. Yeah, this is before this last is night's episode. This about last week. Yeah. But he said, it says, I didn't care uh, for the most recent episode as much. But after listen, listening to y'all's stellar opinions of it on the podcast, I went back and rewatched it. And in enjoyed it a lot more. There was a lot in it that I didn't notice the first time or forgot about or didn't realize the significant uh, significance of. Yes. Uh, so uh, we, we always like to he hear that if like mm -hmm. if, you know, the podcast helps you enjoy the show more or vice versa or, or whatever. Or if you listen to us and don't watch the show anymore, those are just entertaining ones. Yeah, definitely. OK, let's see here. Uh, next up is uh, Brad. I think this is a new one, isn't it? New guy? Uh, I think so. Here. New guy or second to new guy. Take mm -hmm. it away, Brad. Hey guys, this is Brad. I um, hey. haven't made a call back since my uh, Mother Goose author theory. Yes, uh, yes. I still agree that it, it could still happen. Um, mm -hmm. And entertained by the use of uh, the author that they have revealed, uh, the uh, the history that goes with that, and tying in Walt Disney. I thought that was really neat. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a lot of different opinions and theories, but my comment that I'm actually calling about uh, will seem incredibly random. Uh, because it'll be a week old. Uh, I've just listened to last week's podcast. 
Um, and I've realized, okay, yeah, we have seen Dorothy. We've seen uh, Galinda. We've seen uh, the Wizard, the Wicked Witch, uh, and Gold is the Tin Man. Uh, this last week's episode actually gave us the Cowardly Lion, um, and I just think that's awesome. Uh, I noticed no one has brought that to the table uh, for the fact that uh, Robin Hood found his courage against uh, the sheriff uh, through this episode uh, after going to see the Wizard. Uh, <laughs> and likewise, uh, he also has the lion tattoo on his wrist. Very good point. Point. Uh, very good point, Brad. Yeah, I, I didn't really catch that. Uh, I, I, I don't didn't th- catch it, but I love it. And I, I, I also didn't see anyone else mentioning that either. So a very good catch. Very good catch on the Cowardly Lion thing. So, you know, it's always really neat. Uh, and we think it's clever when Gold has a double role, uh, being the fairy godmother and not and the beast. But uh, this time it came to a different character. And that's really cool. Um, okay, well, just wanted to say that. But uh, that brings to the table. Have we seen the Scarecrow? Can I suggest uh, anywhere where we've seen the Scarecrow? I really can't make one from this episode. If you define it by, if I only had a brain, probably charming, right? Uh, but it does kind of go back and do the Oz story um, in a way that a lot of people aren't recognizing that it did it. Um, anyways, uh, look forward to this next week's podcast and this next week's episode. If this isn't relevant, then just go ahead and skip it. Okay. Thanks. We did not skip we it, We did Brad. not skip it. I would Sorry just like to, to point out, um, we were talking about like Greek gods and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Poseidon. We have. We've had the Pegasus sail. We've mm-hmm. had Midas. So we actually have already started to get some Greeks. He's got that Midas touch. Okay. Next up. A letter from Byron, right? Byron. Lord Byron. Lord Byron. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Bill and Anne-Marie. I've been listening to your fun and awesome podcast since season two of Once Upon a Time. You are in my top two podcasts for the show. Who could the other person be? Let us know so we can kill them. No, I'm (gasps) kidding. (laughs) We will not push them off a cliff. But thank you, Byron. It's always nice to hear from someone we haven't, uh, who hasn't really touched base with us. Okay. Um, I have a theory that Will Scarlet is somehow related to the author of Henry's book. Why? Hmm? Because Will and the author both have very bushy eyebrows. Maybe the author is Will's uncle or dad. Maybe I'm related too. I believe there was some discussion earlier that there's a Tumblr dedicated to Will Scarlet's eyebrows. Yes, there was. I, th- I think I lost it. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and find it. Oh, I'm sure somebody can put it back in there again. Um, <laughs> they both steal. If stealing happy endings counts. Yes, I will say yeah. I'm going to keep using this, by the way. Um, they are both into books. Will was with Robin Hood in the library when Robin found the alternate storybook page in his own backpack. Maybe Will sneaked it in there to repay Robin for giving him the elixir of the wounded heart. I like it. Uh-huh. Um, maybe Maybe Will has an entire book of alternate happy endings. He could have <laughs> stolen it from somewhere. Maybe that's what he has buried in the ground earlier in season four. Eight. Yeah, because Will, Will's I don't know, actually it would be shady. A fun twist. Just look at these eyebrows. They're they're completely shady eyebrows. Which, by the way, uh, Michael Socha's eyebrows.tumblr.com. Hilarious. Good site for sure. Good times. Good times. He def- he definitely does have eyebrows. That is for sure. Okay, next up is Hope. Take it away, Hope. Hope. Hey, you guys, Hope here. So there's a fine line between brilliant writing and lazy writing. Like, it's it's such a fine line. And with the revelation that all the story realms are timeless explains a lot of the inconsistencies, like how we can have Mulan and Neil has seen the movie Mulan. Mm-hmm. Um, explains so much, and it's how, like, we have multiple Englands between Alice's England, the Darling's England, and now Cruella's England. It explains so much of the show. Is it really good writing that they might have planned from the beginning? Or is it just a cop-out? And I would love to hear your thoughts on about that. 
But overall, I loved the episode. I absolutely loved it. It was as good as a season one episode, and it's been a long, long time. Um, it's amazing how much the fandom is like, nope, nope, Cruella's not dead. Here are the reasons that she survived. And honestly, the, the one thing I'm wondering is, in the previews before season 4B, and when, when they were all like, we're going to turn the savior dark, there's a scene of Emma standing with Cruella, Maleficent, and Ursula. But we've already lost two of the, the Queens of Darkness, but we haven't gotten that scene and it's a very weird kind of thing. And I'm wondering if that was just like, you know, fake footage. Because, you know, a lot of times, like, for example, for Sherlock, they record uh, false scenes so they can hide spoilers. Is that a false scene or is that still to come and Cruella and Ursula aren't dead? I would definitely give the... I, yeah, I definitely remember the promo you're talking about. It was one of the... I, I think that was just a, a shot for the trailer just to kind of thematically say this is what Emma Swan will be facing in this right. half season. All these evil people will be turning her evil or involved in turning her evil or whatever so episode nine out of ten will kisses are better than rumble kisses it was solid <laughs> all the way through and it was season one all over again have a great day guys thank you very much i Hope. disagree you disagree <laughs> was not season one right now. <laughs> well we, you know if nothing else it definitely had that kind of like that darker edge well, that season one had for sure. yeah okay uh, let's see here here's a letter from angel angel says hey bill and amory which by the way angel's in the chat room tonight yeah. Hi, Angel. Uh, it's Angel. All right. So tonight's uh, last night's episode, where do we begin? I have to say that I enjoyed it quite a lot. I've been asking for Cruella's backstory since she was first introduced and finally, finally, once delivered. And it was quite the interesting backstory, too. At first, you expect to sympathize with Cruella based on the title. But in the end, I sympathized more for the author. He was totally uh, besotted with Cruella and she turned out to be, well, evil. But what do you expect from a girl named Cruella DeVille? Also, I like how they worked in the original song from the movie oh yeah mm -hmm. just in the radio and everything mm -hmm. as for the emma stuff while this seems to hint towards emma's descent into darkness i'm a bit iffy on this i mean to me emma did what almost any mother would probably do if she had if they had magic and their son was held at gunpoint though i am sad to see cruella go she was my favorite of the spice girls of evil i'm guessing anyway i give this episode 87 out of 101 dalmatians which was pretty close to an arbitrary scale can't wait to hear what you think of this episode well you already did so uh, i hope you liked it angel Okay, let's see here. Next up is a voicemail from Patty. Take it away, Patty. You know, normally I sometimes call you guys and make another phone call after I said something in my mind <laughs> or I said something and I realized I was making a mistake. Well, this time it's more or less like I realized there was a heck about a lot more issues in this episode than just Cruella dying. By the way, Cruella dying, big mistake, big, big mistake, because she actually stood out from all the other villains. There is not a single redeeming quality about her, and that's what makes her awesome. She's just a mindless serial killer, a psychopath who just wants to kill people. And that's pretty cool, and I felt that should have been explored more. I would like to see more of her. Instead, we get wicked. God, why can't they just kill wicked? Oh, and by the way, can you see Cantu? grown Dalmatians make up an entire adult co coat that's good <laughs> for an adult because like, the yeah there's probably not quite enough skin there the way the coat is set up it seems like there should have been more dog deaths or something <laughs> 
but that's all I have to say. I hope to hear your thoughts. Bye. Uh, thank you very much, Patty. And uh, Hope in the chat room, uh, she said we didn't address the main point. She was wondering if we felt like everything going on right now with the whole like payoff with the author and the book and all that kind of stuff. Is it lazy writing that they're making up for or is it brilliant writing? Did they plan it from the beginning? I think parts of it were planned and parts of it mm-hmm. have been had to be fit in. Yeah. Um, but we always we know that things have to change based on actors' availability, mm-hmm. writers' availability. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I I think the whole author thing, like mm-hmm. part of it was probably already that feels already very Bible-y. Yeah. Like yeah. it was it was, like in, it was their, in the they knew. Sto- story Bible. Or yeah. It was Bible. it was in the series Bible because mm-hmm. the book and who wrote the book and all of that mm-hmm. has been a thing since season one. So yeah. I feel like that was there. Now maybe the Cruella story. Was wasn't always mm-hmm. you know in their heads but there. yeah i definitely uh it, it, it feels like well for one it feels felt like they were planning on giving this story the entire year this year and then mm-hmm. frozen kind of fell in their laps or was forced on them or they asked for it or however it went down i think they I, probably asked for it but mm-hmm. there were more stipulations than they had anticipated but they'd already yeah. agreed to it yeah that's so, what i felt but but uh so so definitely i i think they planned for it i think uh their plans kind of fell out a little bit uh, this season, but they're kind of trying to patch it up mm-hmm. as they go on. Although, as someone who just finished writing like a twenty-five thousand word series Bible for like a seven-season like book series, like it, it's very possible that they like wrote wrote in there when they were first before they ever wrote the pilot or anything, and just like yeah, and then you know in season four we'll get to the author and that'll right. be cool, and I don't know maybe we'll bring in Maleficent will be involved somehow, and the Charmings will be involved somehow, and they had like a kind of rough outline, and then you know things happen, different stories get more. Fun focus because people really like rum bell so they need right. to put the dance scene in that kind of stuff right um yeah hope the timelines yes the timelines are annoying because mm-hmm. we don't really get timelines we get basically the confirmation that there aren't timelines which is mm-hmm. kind of annoying but there's a timeline well yeah, yeah there's just multiple mm-hmm. versions of things and the way he even describes it like it makes sense yeah in these their stories yeah these storytelling realms are locked uh, mm-hmm. into the time period they're in, but there are timelines. Within them. Time passes, I guess time passes at the same rate in all of the realms, I would assume. Mm, I don't know because Neverland. That's true. That's true. That might be one, the one exception. Okay, you want to read this one from Anne? Okie dokie. All right. Hey, Bill and Anne Marie, I've just finished watching the new episode, left my house, got chased down in the woods by dogs, and was captured and locked up in an <laughs> attic where I'm sending my initial reactions to you. You, Perfect. you win. Perfect. Um, That's so exactly what we wanted. What? Cruella is a psychopath who kills people for the fun of it. I have actually been waiting for a villain on once to be evil without some tragic explanation or justification. Although I haven't quite expected it to be her, but I like it. <laughs> Seems like she wasn't just the boring sidekick for Maleficent after all. True dad. Um, I also hadn't expected the savior to actually kill someone. Uh, I wonder how Emma is going to deal with that, especially when she finds out Henry wasn't actually in real danger. This might get ugly. Mm-hmm. But I love the episode. I thought the stuck in the roaring tw- 20s realm with its fancy clothes was amazing. I held my breath during the bell and rumble confrontation scene as at the well. Um, her very mean comments actually made me like Belle a lot more, even though it was only Regina talking. Oops. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, this half season just keeps getting better. Can't wait to see what dark and twisted storylines they have planned for the rest of it. Truth. 
I didn't write last week, but I have two theories I wanted to share with you about Robin Hood and his decision to stay with Marion. I'm afraid I don't remember if you talked about this on your last episode. If you do, feel free to ignore it. Well, we won't know until I read it. So. <laughs> <clears throat> As a devoted outlaw queen shipper, this could just be a denial thing. But I thought Robin's decision to suddenly be completely in love with Marion again. <coughs> <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, Marion again happened a little too quickly. So I think he took a sip of the elixir of the wounded hearts to forget about Regina or, and I strongly prefer this one, he knows Marion actually is Zelina and he is playing along until he figures out what his next move is. <gasps> that could make sense because, well, there she was in the mirror. Um, I, I like that. I like that a lot too. Um, anyway, that's it for me. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the new episode. All the best, Anne. Thank you, Anne. So now we have Anne Marie one, Anne Marie two, and Anne. And Anne. And Anne. I think there might be another Anne Marie there out is, there I too. I think there is. I, uh, Stephanie in the chat room said it mentioned that Emma killed Maleficent in season one. Uh, but but uh, hope hope counters. It was in self defense, and all Emma really saw was a dragon anyway. So I, I, that that could count as a kill. Ish, maybe. It's an ish kill. Ish. Okay, Tim Peters, what do you got to say, buddy? Hey, Bill. Hey, Anne-Marie. Hey. Hello. Tim Peters. Uh, so I really enjoyed this episode, but it left me with a lot of questions. Uh, I'm calling about sympathy for the devil, by the way. Um, <laughs> so the questions that left me are as follows. The most important. How did Cruella get to the Enchanted Forest or Misthaven or whatever it is they're deciding to call it these days? Second, very did she bring important the car? question. Are yes. there worlds for every single decade of the 20th century? Are there worlds for every continent on every single decade of the 20th century? Please explain the world. I need this explained, please. <laughs> um, thirdly, uh, about Cruella specifically, uh, I know that we are probably going to get this story, but I am just very eager for the story of Cruella and Ursula and Lily. Presumably Ursula's involved. I hope she is, uh, because I... Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cruella was lying there too, right? Like, because she, she totally took a second to think up some story to tell Maleficent. Oh, yeah. So th- there's more to be told for that there's story more for there. sure. I'm probably the only one who means that. Um, and lastly, I just really super enjoyed getting information on the author, and I had a thought. So a lot of Washington Irving stories, uh, Washington Irving was the fellow who wrote uh, both Rip Van Winkle and the, uh, 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 head, uh, the Headless Horseman uh story um grim that wolf country the headless horseman story uh were supposedly gathered secondhand by reporters so maybe the author went to 18th century america um because yeah that's another world they could explore oh sleepy hollow that was the name sorry uh but yeah so there are a few thoughts there but scattered i look forward to hearing your thoughts bye thank you very much tim and yeah i like that idea I like that idea for sure. Okay, let's see here. Uh, the next letter is from Stephanie. Stephanie says, Hi, Bill and Amory. I have a few thoughts about the episode. First off, I don't like how they are suggesting that Emma's heart is going to go dark since she killed Cruella. It was self-defense. Mm-hmm. I like Cruella's backstory and was shocked at the twist uh, that she was the one who murdered her father and the two other men. I think the ink spilling on her head was the easy way out of explaining her hairstyle and would have would have liked to have seen how she ended up uh, in the Enchanted Forest and what she did there. Common sentiment, for sure. Also, her story uh, makes sense since in the previous episode she was always threatening people uh, but not actually acting it out I, I, I may be overthinking this but I think since she was driving the car a few episodes back with the other queens of darkness on the train track could the train have hit them since she can't oh. hurt anyone 
Maybe she would have been compelled to like drive off the train tracks at the last second then. Or maybe the maybe car would have just lurched have... forward or Well, again. Train would have derailed. No, cuz that would have just said somebody. that they wouldn't have that she couldn't kill anyone. Mm. They may have gotten hit but just survived. That's true. That's true. They may have just gotten hit, but the mm. other guys don't know about her limitation. Wait, when, when you're dealing with a uh, author magic all the rules around the door. I don't know. Okay, Stephanie continues. I give Sorry. this episode 7 out of 10 evil Dalmatians. Just because I've liked some other episodes so much better, like last week's. Let me know what you think. We just did. We just did. Okay, a last voicemail here, and then we have a couple more letters to wrap up with. Other Anne Marie, take it away. Hi, Bill and Anne Marie. It's Other Anne Marie speaking, calling in for greetings from Storybrooke, and I, I'll try to keep it short this time. <laughs> I'm really loving the Cruella backstory. It feels like it's the opposite from Ursula's. Um, it seems like Cruella has been evil from the start, not like any of the other villains that we've seen that started off good and kind of became bad, mm-hmm. which also means that it's. It's the first villain that was like that. So I'm really sad that this is the end of her story because, like, we're losing a really good villain now. Although this is the only episode that showed that she was really a good villain. Anyway, um, also felt like the girl in the beginning that was supposed to be Corella looks very much like Alice. And I'm not uh, sure if uh, the creators are trying to tie it back to Wonderland at one point. Yeah, and just uh, just uh, to point out, if you've missed it, other Anne Marie, uh, yeah, that was the same actress who played Young Alice in mm-hmm. Wonderland. Or did this on purpose? Probably. Anyway, just a note. <laughs> um, also thought that Corella kind of looked like Maleficent here, and that they could be sisters. Just knowing that the show could tie anybody together, I thought it was really funny. I'm not saying that they are sisters, but it just was funny. And Cruella putting Mel to sleep was just very fitting, like how Maleficent generally puts people to sleep. And I don't know. Okay, Spice Girls of Evil. Ah, uh, the Spice Girls. Okay, yeah. so we have Ursula back under the sea. Mm-hmm. We have Cruella mm-hmm. dead on the cliff. <laughs> dead on the cliff. Dead on the cliff. And then we have Maleficent taking a nap in the middle of the road. So she's pulling a bell. Is Emma going to have to drive over her? Like to get out of town next week. Sorry, other Emory, go ahead. Oh, it was really funny. Um, I also wonder if the London that was shown here was the same London of the Darlings, like fictional London. Not sure. Probably won't see the Darlings again because the storyline is done. But mm. just thoughts. A quick correction. I uh, hope mentions in the chat. I guess it was the actress who played Alice's daughter, not young Alice. Uh, just to clarify, from Wonderland. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm out of 15 kissed napkins. I'm going to give it 14 and a half because <laughs> it was a really great episode. Um, but there's always room for improvement. <laughs> Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Bye. Thank you, other Emery. Thank you. Yeah, that actually brings up a really good point, actually, because I'm well, no, because time's frozen because I, I was going to say uh, maybe maybe this could have been like the time progressed from Alice's London and then ti- that's like late 1800s time goes on she has a Alice has a daughter but no no it's all a bunch of bunk it's all a bunch of bunk okay, okay we have a couple of uh, <laughs> tweets here and uh, one more letter to go through uh, Charity says was there uh, one good moment couldn't find it bad storytelling throughout Mal- Mally should have known better and we learn Cruella has no redeeming qualities can I have my hour back which you know, probably the harshest opinion we've yes, heard on the episode. Charity is spouting that haterade. Um, over on Twitter, Amy at Amy1102 loved how they did Emma's makeup, or I guess lack thereof. It made her seem evil by the end of the show. And uh, last letter here from Liz P, uh, which I believe I'll be meeting in a couple weeks Yay! at RegalCon. Uh, hi, Bill and Amory. I do not have uh, sympathy for the DeVille. <laughs> None, not even a little bit. Throughout this episode, did I have sympathy? 
What a horrible title to the episode. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, on a separate note, holy crap, Emma. Oh, my God. Uh, but can this really turn her dark when she was just trying to protect her son? No. I mean, Regina would have done the same thing, right? Yep. Uh, but Regina's already dark. R- remember. Regina would have shot a fireball at her, though. This was an intense episode from beginning to end, in my opinion. I give this episode four out of ten evil pongos. Ha! Sorry, I don't know have have much else to say about this episode. Love you guys. Can't wait to meet you, Bill, at RegalCon. We need to go to lunch or something. Can't wait to hear what you thought of the episode, Liz P. And definitely, we'll have to hit up lunch or something Beverages like that. or like, dinner, snack. Exactly, exactly. A little or, coffee from the coffee cart. You can be an usher at the panel, you know, set, set people bride side, groom side, that kind of stuff. It'll so, be- Anne Marie's side. <gasps> separated by team Anne marie and team bill <laughs> but the team bill side is going to be so lonely oh and team you know why? leader won't be there you know why why because people are going to uh after they get done watching the episode next week rumple's going to stick them in a cabin they're going to read some uh some uh fiction while they're emailing greetings from storybrook at gmail.com tweeting at gf storybrook the facebook is facebook.com slash greetings from storybrook and the voicemail number which we always play pretty Almost much. Almost always. 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Okay, now, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Simone. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. Uh, you can follow the other podcasts we do, uh, which includes Universe Box that we talked about and uh, Legends of Gotham, a Gotham podcast, at uh, universebox.com and legendsofgotham.com, uh, respectively. And you can follow the stuff I write, uh, the Dogboy Adventure series at dogboyadventures.com. And also keep an eye on my Twitter this week. I'm, I'm coming out with a new book this week, not a Dogboy book. It's uh, I'll, I'll just give you the name and uh, see if this sounds something you like something you might be interested in. The Trials of King Sparrow. Emery read it. It's awesome. I'm not going to lie. Okay, listen. Um, I support Dog Boy. Dog Boy's not my style. I've read them. I've enjoyed to a percentage. Trials of King Sparrow. Page Turner. Page Turner for me. So get it. Do so, it. Yeah. So Make uh, it happen. Definitely uh, keep keep an eye on that for sure. And uh, we want to thank our chat room again who joined thank us. Thank you, uh, chat. There's tons of you there too. Oh, definitely. Uh, Monday nights, 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. All right. Well, I guess that's about it. So yeah. it, uh, until <laughs> next time, <laughs> greetings from Storybrooke. Oh, oh, we lost the music. We lost I, the music. I was trying to change the, the picture. Yeah. Oh, so people could see my jazz hands. Yeah, but.